Hello and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by award-winning director Brian Redondo and Savon Jones, aka Captain Vani. This is episode 138, and we're fixing the Oscar nominations by giving you our snubs for the major categories. We'll also tell you what we're loving. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Incredible! Hello, gentlemen! Both of you are doing the, uh, the hide my, my, my play call face into the, into the microphone. I'm just trying to do the, uh, <laughs> the, the Jalen Brunson Selly. Yo, did you? Someone asked him about that, like in a post game show. Like, oh, what's that celebration mean? And he goes, "You don't need you don't to gotta know. know. <laughs> you don't need to know." He said, "You don't need to know." I was like, "Oh, is this gonna be like come out as like being really inappropriate at some point?" I think like, it's very inappropriate. I think it's <laughs> it's either cocaine or it's sexual. Yeah, or it both. seems kind of sexual. All right, it's uh, it's crazy. Sav, you're doing a great job of not um, not twirling, you know, your hair in the uh, yo, your hair looks good, Savon. Yeah, the twists are looking. looking I was taking sharp. my hair down. That's two completely different. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> the commenters really called out Sav for for doing that in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the. the yeah, show. he recognized. Hey, man, gotta get. Yeah, my sh- shout out to Chill. Gotta take my- <laughs> he knew. Yeah, he knew. I gotta take my shit down. Sorry, y'all don't have y'all. You got sorry, you don't gotta take your hair down, but. We do my, not. My no. sexy takes a we little work. We got this fluffy, fluffy straightish hair. I take it up. I take it up. <laughs> like next time you have to take your hair down, you know why. It's like once you do it, you got to start. You got to keep going. So let me start this one off by saying that the next show, or maybe in two shows actually, we're gonna be looking at Mr. and Mrs. Smith on. I think it's on Amazon Prime. So if you're if you're trying to get ahead of the game and make sure that you're not not hearing any spoilers uh, in a couple of shows, we're gonna talk about that. So check it out, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, featuring Donald Glover and Oop. I don't know. Maya Erskine. Okay, Maya Erskine. Great. I'm glad you saved From me on that 10, one. Fifteen, and she's also the voice in Blue Eyed Samurai. The yes, main, the main yes, character. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so we'll be checking that out. We'll see. Can they recreate the magic that Angelina and uh, Brad made on the the original Mister and Mrs. Smith? Or was is it, it going to take? A, was it going to take a completely different vibe? It was pretty magic. Really? It was, it I don't remember good. it very well. Oh no, it was good. It was. They had a great like flirty, uh, flirty behave, flirty uh, relationship. It was good. And then it led to you know, a many years of marriage. A lot of adopted um, children and adopted children and then a pretty ugly divorce and separation. So that's all good. Bravo we reca- to them. Yeah. We just recapped the past 20 years of white culture. So you're welcome. Um, we wanted to to talk about some Oscar news lately because we got some Oscar nominations come out. It comes out way early. The Oscars are not until March or something like that. So uh, we're just we're just talking a little bit about the nominations, not about necessarily the winners or anything like that. But we wanted to put our own little twist on it, you know, a little lemon zest on it. So uh, we wanted to talk instead about what should have been the nominations uh, for these categories that. The, the Oscars or the Academy, whatever they're called, they completely missed it. You know, we we here at Confidently Wrong, we know what's up. Right, Brian? We know what's going on. They should just put me in charge of the Oscars, really. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, no clearly need for there's somebody with the knowledge and the credibility 
that yes. could just make these choices that nobody could argue. Nobody. This is this is where we're going with this. So we're only going to talk about three categories: best picture, lead actor, and supporting supporting actor. Um, we are not going to separate. Uh, the actor categories into uh, men and women. We're just gonna we're just gonna throw them all together into one big pile and say like you're the winner. You're the winner here. To so, hell with their gender norms. Exactly. So nominations for best picture. We've actually already done this because this was part of the Confidently Wrong Award. So as a review, I picked no movie. I didn't think it, last year was a particularly strong year for movies. So you got to <laughs> hold the bar at you know hey this is this is where you got to get to to be best picture you're you're still copping out on this one you're <laughs> still st- copying out like you're just saying like you hey, fleshed out this home. segment and then backed out on it <laughs> what are we At doing least I'm here? honest about hating award shows about the whole premise i don't <laughs> talk about award shows and then bow out of giving an answer for something that i wanted <laughs> to be a part of At least i'll just say there should be no award shows but you're the worst version because you do like a half-ass cop-out you cop out of the cop out. I don't think this is a cop out. I'm setting You're the bar. It totally is. By like every measure, everyone's like, "Oh my god, this was a great year for movies. Movies are back." And well, like, Wes okay, is like none. No to be movies. fair, to be fair, we're mostly talking about like the kind of movies that we talk about on the pod. So we're not including something like past lives which is something i do want to check out or american fiction we're not stopping you we're not stopping you from saying that's your favorite movie don't put this on us why are you creating this this that was the parameter brian said he was like let's keep you know let's keep it on the things that we talk about that way you know it it has a focus otherwise we could just you know we're just you know hey let's stay in our lane that's all that's i agree with that 100 even in our lane there's good stuff (laughs) well tell us brian Remind us what was your what was your best picture, you know, pick? Obviously, the Oscars missed out on this because they keep relegating animation to its own like island of a category and and chat <laughs> toys. The great things that are in the the best picture nominee list. And of course, it's Across the Spider-Verse. It was the best movie last year. Come on. Like, everybody knows it. Everybody. It needs an ending, though. It doesn't have an ending. You can't be a movie without an ending. (laughs) Who is this man? It ended, okay? He's in the wrong universe. It ended. (laughs) All right. Sav, remind us, what did you pick for your best picture? I picked Barbie because everybody went. it, it It put butts in seats and it made a lot of money. Notice how even if you don't agree with my opinion, I'm giving an opinion. I'm naming a movie. <laughs> I have a picture that's best. Is it the perfect category or perfectly rationalized? Maybe not, but there's a logic and it's there and it's something. Thank you for leading by example. I do what I can because someone has to because this jabroni over here. All right. Well, let's move on to our next category. So this is, again, we think... You know, these are our nominations. Had we been in charge, this is who we would have gone with because the Academy clearly favors these very like moody pictures or esoteric films. You know, uh, poor things. You know, have you seen the the trailers for this? I haven't, haven't seen the. You know, oh, I just saw it. Itself. It's fantastic. Oh, it is great, fantastic. Great movie. Okay. Go watch. It. I was <laughs> I was about to knock it because it did look a little silly in the. Uh... <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so funny. Wait, all right, all right. Maybe maybe it's something I'll need to check out when it comes to video um, or streaming. Lead actor. We can go men or women here. I'm going with, and this is kind of a throwback because it's hard to remember this movie came out last year. Uh, Rocket and Bradley Cooper 
in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, the heartbreak and moments in that movie, especially around Rocket, were phenomenal. They hurt me in my heartstrings. Uh, what a what a great performance. I'm I'm totally sold on the Rocket Raccoon, Bradley Cooper. Sav, who's your lead actor of last year? You'd like the Academy just missed this. This is wrong. Oh, Chris Pine for Dungeons and Dragons, straight up. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons was my oh. D was my sleeper hit of the year. Not enough people saw it. It was such a well put together movie that you don't have to be a D fan to enjoy. But Cosign. It was Co-signed such it. a breath of fresh air. It was just like I think it was just a promotion and just I don't know maybe they didn't promote the movie or maybe just the premise doesn't like drag people in because you hear Dungeons and Dragons but Chris Pine was amazing. Uh, him playing a gruff, rough and tumble, down on his luck scam artist, bard, heist master was such Perfect a. Casting. I just I just was like Chris Pine. Okay, I guess, and he just knocked it out the park on his role. He was funny. He was uh, very thoughtful and intelligent. His comedic timing was great. The way his character just oozed charisma, the way a bard would rolling a nat 20, just really elevated the movie. (laughs) And just his actual chemistry with the rest of the cast was top tier. Him trying to gas everybody up. He has this rough and tumble group. Them saying, what do you do? I'm the plans guy. And like, you know, people don't take him (laughs) seriously, but he's actually super effective. And just the relationship he had with, you know, uh, his barbarian friend who's like not his lover, but parent to surrogate parent to his child, his story, stuff was compelling. Chris Pine just did really good in a movie that I think set him up for success. But one that if you look at his past work, you wouldn't immediately think, oh, this is a role where you're really going to see him thrive. And he had a lot of range and talent that I think his other roles don't let him flex as much. He is way funnier than people realize. And his, like, he that is a funny dude. He needs to be in more, not necessarily comedies, but, like, he needs roles that let us show, hey, this dude actually is hilarious when you let him, when you give him something to work with. I love that uh, Nat 20 Sounds like it's drug talk, like dime bag. Yeah, but you know what a nat 20 <laughs> so is? It's really just D&D talk. Yeah. <laughs> For our viewers. Yo, Chris Pine, I was sold on Chris Pine in Star Trek as Kirk. He was really funny in that as well. Like, they gave him a lot of quips to say, and I think that graded on some people because they're like, Kirk it wasn't like this. But, like, he made it his own. I really enjoyed it. I thought phenomenal job there he got a little bit of that in in wonder woman um but for sure in in D and dungeons and dragons it was it was very hilarious and perfect him doing for it as a lead tone of that him movie. doing it as a lead is what really made it better but you know i mean i have my own feelings about those star trek movies but yeah he, he was cooking wait tell us what no that's a whole nother podcast they're pretty they're pretty uh innocuous what, what kind of feelings She's do you have about yeah these? like in the worst way though you and know what just I mean? kind of like eh. oh yeah exactly oh. I really like that first mm-hmm. one. The ones after that were kind of. I just felt like Star Trek really was funny. never an action really series, so making it into an action series with the movies kind of like, to me, didn't win oh, over what made you're it. You're a purist. No, I'm not a purist, but it's just like a. <laughs> yeah, it was but a, what makes it. It was a tone. Yeah, it was like a tonal inconsistency yeah. of this feels like this should be a Star Wars movie, not a Star Trek movie. Well, funny because J.J. Abrams directed it, and then he all then went on to do the Star Wars ones. So, you know, he found his niche. Um, thank you for spotlighting the fact that, you know, these lead actors, supporting actor categories often don't feature comedies. So. Yeah, man. The uh-huh. Academy Awards. I love that. They they never know what to do with comedy. Like, they 
They're totally missing thing. the ball. Comedy is the hardest thing to do and so should be praised at yeah. the highest it's just, level. It's just so subjective. That's why that's why I got to give this nom to Jennifer Lawrence, J-Law herself, in No Hard Feelings. Katniss Everdeen. I finally oh. saw it on Netflix. She really commits to the bit. Like, you know, she she gets punched in the throat. She, like... <laughs> She's like goes skinny dipping and then like gets into a fight with some teenagers and she's got to put a hurt in on them and no body double. Right. She's just like legit naked on the beach punching kids. And it's hilarious. And she like she just goes 100 uh, percent. And, you know, hats off to her. Very commendable. Wonderful. <laughs> she gets wonderful. All the superlatives. Um. All right. That's the lead actor. That's who we think should have been in there. What? I don't know what they nominated. That wasn't it. Supporting actor. We've also made this category way better, I think, and more accurate. So supporting actor. Wow, Brian, I really like your nomination. Okay, but I'm going to do mine. So supporting actor to me, uh, someone who just brings... Uh, oh, just a co- total commitment to their role, supports the story, uh, is believable, and someone who did that just extremely well and kind of almost acted made the main character look bad because of how great he acted uh jeremy allen white in the iron claw uh put on a performance he wasn't in every scene uh is that but a when commercial he... iron claw <laughs> i think <laughs> when i had that was... at a few parties I couldn't even win best picture for you that should not win back picture mm, no uh because because unfortunately i feel like zach Zach Efron was he was good and better than I thought he was going to be but I didn't think his performance was amazing uh and and kind of brought that down a little bit for me just just a notch um so Jeremy Allen White uh the same guy who's in the bear as the main chef uh was also in the Iron Claw and terrific performance wasn't in every scene but just just really dominated the ones that he was in so I love seeing him there supporting actor that's how I think we should go there uh Sav Who's your best supporting actor? Uh... <laughs> you want me to come back to you? Go ahead. Do you still think? I mean, y'all know. I mean, y'all know how. Y'all know. I just don't believe. Y'all know. I don't believe in award shows. Can I give it to? Can I give it to Ryan Gosling? Is that unfair? No. Oh, he's. I mean, he's. He actually has the nomination <laughs> for, uh, for supporting. So supporting they got it right on this oh, one. That's. What I mean, I thought he was hilarious. Like. It sucks that a movie that is very much about the woman experience, especially in America, and how these gender roles can sometimes have people being relegated and not get proper representation or credit was very valid. But on that same note, Ryan Gosling, anyone who saw the movie know that Ryan Gosling stole the show with his character and Ken was effing hysterical. The musical notes, the just how melodramatic he is, the obsession with horses, the brewski beer me like one liners for days. Uh, I thought I've never been someone who I never disliked Ryan Gosling, but I've never been like a big fan either. I'm just kind of like, Oh, he's this attractive dude. People really, uh, you know, swoon over. And I had a lot of respect for him after watching Barbie. I just thought he was just like, no other way to put it, just to put it bluntly. He was funny. He had lines that just made me laugh out loud multiple times from top to bottom. And I have to give credit to that. Cause, uh, I did not think he would be one of the funniest parts of the movie. I was like, oh, Ken, okay, cool. He'll be a little thing. And he was hysterical. Brian. 
I'm going to give it up to a legend, a legend in the game who proved it in this in this supporting role, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne's Bruce Wayne Batman yeah. in The Flash. Like just like he he gave such like graveness to his situation of being this old man trapped in a house for God knows how long making spaghetti, but still still ready to suit up and play Batman in like all of that, like timber in glory <laughs> while also being a mentor to, to the younger flash. And I mean, every moment on screen that he had is just like, this guy is so magnetic. He's hilarious, but he's also serious at the same time. Like that is hard to pull off. And, you know, it's, it's just a reminder, like this guy, they don't make them like they used to, basically. <laughs> like the he he is like one of those he is one of those like Hollywood stars that, man, you're like, just wish we had more of that, more of that. Michael See, that's this is like all star voting and, you know, team success is part of the all star voting process. And I did not like that movie. And so he gets he gets downgraded to me. He just, you know, Ugh. for that. It wasn't it's, bad. It's like Wemby on the Spurs. Like, you're doing great, man. But I don't know if you deserve an all-star nod this year. Your team is not good. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like that. Uh, you know, I like when it comes to sports, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I think, I think winning counts a lot. But, like, when it comes to movies, uh, you know. So the Lakers like, get one all-star, right? The writing, like. <laughs> hey, so the Lakers get one all-star, right? An F it. Yeah, I guess I mean, Timberwolves should get three, right? And I, hell, like if we're just doing that, F it. Boston should get three. It's part, it's a sliding scale. It's a sliding scale, Seth. Hell, the Pelicans got a positive record. We should get two more than the Lakers. Like, what the hell is this? Your argument falls apart. Who's your two? Zion and B.I.? No, it's definitely not Zion. B.I. No. But F it. If we're just saying team McCullough? success, F it. Let's just give it to. Let's just really? load up the roster with all the people from the winning teams. I'm just being. I didn't. I'm just being critical you're... of your criteria because it's trash. <laughs> I think I think team success is part of it. That's all. It's part of it. It's a small part. It's a small part. You're wrong. You think I'm wrong? It's totally I individual. Think, it's the I think it's a deciding factor between like two tied candidates. It's into, I put it. Yes, way. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yes, I'll concede. Okay, that. all right. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. I, I don't think it should be everything, but you know. You said Wimby shouldn't but be an all star. Damian like, Lillard man. over Jalen Brunson. What travesty. the hell? That's a travesty. Travesty. Hey, they're winning. That is they have one of the best records in the league. It's true. It's still travesty. <laughs> Jalen Brunson. It's not tied. Line, They're not better. tied. Individual performance, not tied there. All right. Yeah. So All what's right. Next? All right. We got our What We're Loving segment. Oh, snap. So, so that was the Oscars. Done. <laughs> I'm on the record still saying have, award shows shouldn't exist. Or pop the champagne. We fixed the Oscars. You're welcome, Academy. All right. Let's do What We're Loving. Um, we got three things to bring to you today. Brian, I don't know if I understand yours. Y'all so, have three things? Uh, look, y'all had a list. It. I'll explain it. Those are talking points. That's not a list. Okay. Okay. I was confused. <laughs> I was like, what are these different things? They about to, what is this about to be? They're loving a lot of stuff. Let's... Let's start there with Savan. What what are you loving this week? Savan? Tekken Eight, a new challenger appears. That's the correct pronunciation. I mean, that's just how the crazy, like ridiculous Japanese announcer says it. Tekken Eight, new <laughs> challenger. 
just slurred all of Japan. I love it. Oh my Keep going. That's how to do it. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. You're fine. Whatever. Point is, Tekken 8, uh, I've been. He wasn't like Tekken 8. I was like, look, Tekken is the fighting game series. <laughs> I've been playing Tekken for, oof, probably over 25 years at this point. I've been playing since I was a kid, since like Tekken 2, Tekken 3. Uh, really popular fighting game series. So shouldn't they be on Tekken 25 at this point? Oh, wait. So you were playing Tekken as a four-year-old? I was playing Tekken 3, definitely. That's a lot of violence. I was definitely playing Tekken <laughs> 3 in like 98, 99 for certain. So I would have been mm-hmm. like five, six-ish. This, this dude was wearing hugs, beating people. My uncle had a play. At my grandma's house, my uncle had his PS1. And me and my brother, when we <laughs> over there, we would play the PlayStation. And he had... Tekken was one of his games, and we would play Tekken 3 on the PS1, and we would just be, you know, fighting and shit. Shit was dope. What's, what is there to like about this one? Because, I mean, they're, they're on a million, you know, Tekken number a million at this point. Eight. The last one yeah, yeah, just eight. came Over out like two years, years ago. Why, why should people get this game? Oh, first yeah, of so all, Tekken Fighter had that rogue mode. What about Tekken 8? So Tekken doesn't playing? have that mode in the same sense, but Tekken's biggest selling point is that, one, it's known for a very big roster, 32, you know, I think it launched with like 32 characters. And Tekken's really big selling point compared to a lot of other fighters is that it's a 3D fighter. Not 3D in terms of the actual characters, but 3D in terms of your plane and dimension of movement. So unlike Street Fighter where... It's a 2D fighter. You don't do any side steps. It's just y'all going head to head like a Mario game where it's just you going left, right. Uh, Tekken is like full three dimensions. You can sidestep. You can move around with the freedom of movement like you would in real life. Almost like if someone was in an actual like fighting ring, right? Like if someone throws a left hook or a right hook, you can step left or right to try and dodge it or get out the way or just maneuver yourself. So that part of why the series is popular because it lends itself to just a lot of freedom of movement, which means just more cinematic gameplay, more cool moments. You know, there's a blocking a kick someone threw at you and there's completely sidestepping it because you saw it coming. (laughs) So for listeners at home, you should have seen what Savage did. I yeeted myself. I did a little little dodge. I did a little ooh. So it was good. I got the full picture watching that. I I know what he was Mm -hmm. going for. And Tekken's also popular for like a really colorful cast where they have all these characters. They all speak their native languages. So you have characters who are speaking French. Can you do them for us? Is one in binary? Is there robots? Yeah, there are robots. Yes. Um, Do they speak in binary? uh, No, I think they speak in weird noises, but sometimes there's subtitles. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you have the so French character speaking French, Japanese character speaking Japanese, Russian characters, the Peruvian character. Yeah. So really fun to have that global cast, lots of fun stuff. And then because they base it off of so many fighting styles, the big thing with Tekken is that the characters have very, very large move lists. I'm talking hundreds of moves for some, like over a hundred moves Yikes. for most of the characters. So it is a hard, challenging game to, to pick up and master, but it lends itself to very fun gameplay because there's just so many combinations of moves you can do. It makes it harder for newcomers because there's just such a lot of knowledge checks that you need to be good at the game. But much like Street Fighter, Tekken has gone a route of introducing a simplified control scheme that for someone who's maybe never played a fighter before, they can access some key moves to be able to hold their own in a fight. So for example, Wes, say you were to play Tekken and you've never played Tekken before, there's a control scheme that'll let you, 
instead of having ever? to do a long wow. sequence for a combo, Very. you can press triangle a few times and it'll kind of like auto combo a little bit. Oh, that's my jam. Or let's go. If you want to do a certain type of, it's like intelligent. Yeah. Or if you want to do like a certain auto type, control. or if, uh, or if you want to do a certain type of throw, rather than have to press a unique button sequence, you can press X. It's simplified to where someone can still, and you still got to do tech and stuff to like win. It's not going to play the game for you, but it makes it to where you don't have to be a fighting game expert to have a good time playing the game. And much like with uh, Street Fighter, they've really fleshed out their tutorial mode so that people can just learn how to play these games. In general, fighters are in a new era where, hey, we need to make this game something that people who don't play fighters can pick up. How do we do that? Tekken went a similar route of Street Fighter where they have a much better tutorial mode and just explaining the game's mechanics, but also a simplified control scheme so that you might not know how to do the complex combos this ninja character has, but dumb down the controls and you can at least see a lot of really cool, fun, flashy moves, which even if you're someone who plays these games casually, you'll have a good time doing so. All right. As so it's good for the noobs, but what about for the old heads like you? It is more fun. What's, and What's new? Yeah, so uh, in general, huge cast. That's always a big factor. The huge cast just lends itself to fun gameplay. Lots of characters got moves either modified. He's only going to play one character, though, despite that huge cast list. I'll play a lot of people. I'll play a lot of yeah, people. Who's your character? I'll, I'll play. I just, I just need to notice. Now, I'll play the wrestler in any fighting game ever. So I play. <laughs> have you heard of King, the Mexican wrestler with the Jaguar mask? With the yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. play him, and, and he's got like the Adidas pants. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, you know, what I'm he got that one of his. He got the track pants. I play the wrestler, uh, and I spend my whole time grappling people, pile driving, slamming, throwing, all that stuff. Uh, there's a few others I play too. This is, but he's my best character. But they do flesh it out to where it's more accessible for new people. In general, the game is in balance to be much more offensive than defensive. Older Tekken sometimes can be guilty of defense being so important that its high-level gameplay is technically good, but boring to watch and not as, like, just entertaining just to watch as, like, a spectator. And they added a new, like, heat system mechanic where you have a new bar that basically can give you an offensive boost and kind of be able to press your offense on other players. So, in general, it lends itself to a much more aggressive style of play against other people. Which, you know, Tyler and I were doing some sparring and playing the other night, and it's a very fun system that lets you just do cool, flashy shit. And straight up, when you're playing a fighter, you want a good game, but you also want something that's fun to watch. And I think that, like, for example, West, if you were to just watch a Tekken match or me playing some Tekken ranked, I think even if you didn't know what was going on, you would be entertained just by the production value of the game, the graphics, the stages, the music, the fighting styles, the more dynamic angles when you do a special move. So it's fun to play, but I'm always in the camp that fighters need to be fun to watch as well. And this Tekken's doing yeah. a great job of that, along with being more accessible. It's a hard I'm game to pick up, there. but it is a, uh, I'm very, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. <laughs> well, I'm glad you went there about it needing to be fun to watch because I've I've seen your Street Fighter clips from the last game and you know it's it's nice seeing your three moves over and over and over it's again. But um moves. you're just a dumb dumb. <laughs> it's the slap, it's the jump up and pile drive them. Okay, two There's moves. Two moves. The two, two moves that you do over and over again. Uh but there are four that's not the point different of my question. Variations. Hey. That hey, was if mostly... running the pick and roll works over and over. <laughs> you just keep running it. That was mostly just to bring up this, uh, this, this, you know, criticism of of Sab. But I do have a real question, which is, if you just had to rate them numerically, grade level, or whatever, 
where are you putting those two games next to each other? Is it like a 90 for Tekken and a 90 for Street Fighter? Are you are you splitting it up? Where where what's how's it compared to each other? I know they're a little bit different, but you know, they're in the same genre. Uh this Street Fighter 6 was my first Street Fighter, to be clear. I've been playing Tekken, like I said, for pretty much my whole life. So I'm always gonna prefer Tekken to Street Fighter. Uh that being said, they're both great games. I think that they're both reward skill in a lot of ways. Like they're not give us the number. What is the number? I mean, I think Tekken. I mean, I just think straight up Tekken's better than what, Street Fighter. What the man, come on. I mean, I think Tekken. I think Tekken's better than Street Fighter. Point blank. I think the three okay. dimensional plane lends itself to just more fun, cool gameplay rather than having to block mm. back to not get hit. Being able to sidestep, roll, do all these other maneuvers just means, like I said, there's been many times where I'm fighting Tyler and I will throw a drop. I'll throw a drop kick at him. And rather than block it, which is all you can do in Street Fighter because it's two-dimensional, he reads it and just does a hard sidestep. Or he does a sidestep with a kick built in. So I'm flying through the air, and all in one motion, he's sidestepping while also kicking, and that might be the winning hit. That's just re- that's just a certain type of hype that Street Fighter can't give. But I do think both games probably require the same amount of skill. And the skill expression in Street Fighter is very high. It still doesn't give us a number. Because I've got to explain my... But, I mean, I think Tekken... I just think I don't have a number. Tekken's better than Street Fighter. Like, there's nothing else I can say. Okay, all right. If I told okay. people what game they should get into first, I would say Street Fighter might be Tekken. more accessible. Tekken is a better game to play. Great. Love Spawn's it. not going to be boxed in by your Richard Standard. All right. Keep sending more Tekken clips to the the, the group chat. So we'll watch my as long as it's not, the, not as long as it's not the same move over and over. For Tekken <laughs> characters have my my wrestling Slap, character has like two hundred moves. I <laughs> promise you, you won't see Thunder the same clap. stuff. <laughs> file driver. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll do mine next. My what we're loving this week. I'm not that far into it, but um, I kind of previewed this on last show. Slow horses. It's a show on Apple TV Plus. It stars Gary Oldman okay. uh, of Commissioner Gordon fame, uh, also from Book of Eli. And what a, you know, you were talking earlier about they don't make them like they used to. Man, Gary Oldman might be might be also that, right? Just phenomenal in pretty much it. everything he does. Uh, he He's he's a chameleon he can be whatever like the role needs him to be as long as it's you know an older white guy or middle-aged white guy um (laughs) uh he can be be a black woman huh no he can be miserable he can be uh he he can be kind of dark he can be light you know so he's he's got kind of a pretty big range about what he can do um i didn't mean this to turn into a gary oldman uh love song but um well, you're not singing it, so <laughs> this this show be, he can be <laughs> he old. can be amazing in everything he does. Um, it's a it's a series on Apple TV Plus. It's three seasons, I believe, so far. I'm still in season one. Me and Jen are watching it together, so it takes us a little bit longer to get through it because we just you know with two kids, apparently you don't have as much time for uh for for TV, especially not so at the same time. What you're saying is you watch in one minute bursts. <laughs> We watch in like 10 minute bursts. So I'm not going like, to lie. Oh, we, we got some time. They're both taking a shit right now. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? If they're both taking a shit, that is uh, that is go time. That is not oh, sit down oh. and watch TV time. Oh, that's a five alarm fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's So the, the premise of the first season is uh-huh. kind of that there's there's these bunch of like CIA rejects um, 
but they're they're the British version. So MI5, they're these MI5 kind of fuck ups, and they they got got they got housed in this one station together with Gary Oldman as their their chief or their leader or whatever um, supervisor, and he's also kind of a fuck up. Like he clearly like just isn't very good at like doing the things that he's supposed to be doing exactly. He just yells at them for being stupid and incompetent. Um, you know, Sav, maybe you can relate. And like drinks on the job. He's wait, what? <laughs> who's who's yeah? What side of the table I am oh, on this? You're you're on the one criticizing the other people for just being incompetent all the hey, time. To be clear, yeah. anytime I have those feelings or thoughts, that is all internal. Okay, Externally, okay. I am very supportive <laughs> and uplifting. But you might. I vent to my <laughs> friends, but I want to be clear. When yeah, y'all yeah. hear me talking about stuff I'm frustrated about in life, y'all are hearing the inner monologue version. The version <laughs> so other relate, people hear see, is much more polite. I, you'll, I am never going to take your encouragement now. Never. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, this guy's telling me to keep going. You got this. You're great. He wants to put a knife in the back of my head. <laughs> I think that's leadership. Well, you'll relate to you'll relate to Gary Oldman uh, saying the intrusive thoughts out loud because uh, you can't at your job. Okay, okay. Um, so you might you might like it actually. All right. Um, but it turns out that these fuck ups have happened upon some sort of like aspect of a case, an ongoing case that other people don't really have access to or are trying to cover up. Um, and so they're they're trying to sort their way through it and, and solve the mystery and save. Um, save one of the characters who's uh, being held hostage. So it's pretty cool. Uh, very, it's like really interesting. The characters are like really rich, even though we don't, we don't, we haven't met all of them or known all of them yet deeply, just because we're still in the you know kind of the middle of the season. Um, but what we've got so far has been really good. A lot of good humor. They're you know all British cast, uh, and they bring their kind of humor to it. But there's also like this, this uh, like conspiracy theory kind of aspect to it around you know the mi5 you know stuff and how people are are angling for power and they're trying to trying to get theirs and you know all this stuff and cover up their mistakes so um, what's the uh what's the case in this season again in the first season it's uh it's a young man is taken hostage uh and he's he's uh brown he's pakistani um they, they call <laughs> it's also drawing here they in britain they call them asian Brit, british asians um and and they're in their mind that usually means a South Asian person. Um, whereas like if somebody told me like Asian American, my first thought is like, oh, an East Asian looking person. And then I would think like, oh yeah, that also includes like South Asians. But um I need to need to reframe myself around like, oh yeah, Asian, you know, Asian America or Asians also include the, the subcontinent. The world is vast. Yeah, yeah. The world is vast. Um so that's it. They're trying to solve this, they're trying to save this guy that's being held hostage. Uh and and it's kind of by a right wing nut job group called the Sons of Albion. Um, and they're just like a, you know, a, a white people first kind of organization. British people first. Native British people first. Not like every organization. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little white supremacy um, for sure. And which like obviously has echoes in current events. So it's it's also, you know, you recognize it as, as the current world. It's good. So I've seen I've seen uh, the first handful of episodes also. And I will. I will co-sign. Yes, yeah. I got the award-winning director bump. You like don't it, have so. mine okay. yet. <laughs> I haven't sold you on it, no, bro. You, you get to see this boss just be like, just be mean. Apple TV Plus. I don't. Oh, I don't have that. No wonder. That's why we talked. Oh yeah, uh, we talked okay, about okay, this. Okay. We talked because then you talk about this in another episode. I feel like you talked about this show before. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We brought it up uh, when we were talking to Echo. I think. Mm. Yeah, it was like a bad news right. bears type group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know this. Yeah. It sounds familiar. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't got Apple TV. Yeah. So unless you got a log. They're bad at their job. 
Oh, yeah. All right. I got you. Ooh, I thought you were going to say some I extra shit. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, no, buy your own. <laughs> I mean, it is $6. So, I mean, you know. I will you not be nickel and dime to death by these people trying to bring back cable. I refuse. All right. All right. There's no ads if that sells you on it. I know you're a big, big believer in no ads. I am a big believer in no ads. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Watch all right, oh Brian. God, everything has a subscription, right? Like, everything. I got, now. I got Anna this alarm clock thing that's supposed to help her sleep. Also, right, like it, it plays sleep sounds and just whatever. stop snoring. That's there all you is, gotta do, Brian. Well, I mean, that's that's a key part of it. <laughs> In retaliation, she got me breath strips, like <laughs> nasal strips, to put on my nose while I sleep. Apparently, oh, it works. I thought your, I thought your breath was kicking. She was like, "Here, have some Listerine, bro." Oh, she she's done that to me before also. So uh, it's a combination of things. Okay. But even this clock, this clock that plays sleep sounds Need has a subscription, a subscription no. that she paid for. And I, like when I got it for her, I had no idea that was even a thing. And it was like, like you did what? You paid how much for the year the, for yeah. sounds? The grift is real. Good Lord. You really, you really did your research on that gift. Huh? It was just was, uh, you know, the, there's a deadline when it comes to Christmas. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian. What are you Person loving this work. week? Um. So I am loving this show on Amazon Prime called LOL Canada. And before you roll your eyes and think that this is like the emoji movie Canada or something like that. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a this is a fantastic comedy reality show. And it's basically 10 comedians in a room for 6 hours. They're locked in a room for 6 hours and the goal is to be the last one laughing. LOL, right? So they're trying actively trying to make each other laugh. But if you laugh, you're out, uh, right? Yes. So you want to be the last person. And the brilliance of the show is just watching people suppress their own laugh, right? See them wriggle and writhe and try not to break, which, you know, is kind of the most hilarious thing. Like, that's that's actually probably one of the best parts of watching live TV, live Saturday Night Live in particular. Yeah. Like Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon's going to burst out laughing because it's too funny. Like that is that is such great stuff. And so basically this show does that all in one. And what's interesting is that LOL Canada, right? The reason why it's LOL Canada is because Amazon Prime has been making this show in every country in the world, there's like an LOL Mexico, LOL Australia, LOL Germany, but it actually all originates to a bonkers Japanese show called Documental, which I have watched also. I watched that years ago when I found out about it. Um, and in the the Japanese version, Documental, like it's very specific to their style of comedy. So as every episode progresses it just goes way off the rails like suddenly <laughs> guys are like walking around naked and <laughs> like 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 having people look in their butthole and like picking toilet paper out of their asses oh and it's what? it's just outrageous and, and, and so comedy this is a comedy like, funny could you imagine no. two guys in front of you like 
picking out toilet paper out of another guy's butthole and you're not trying to laugh at, at that scenario. Yeah, I can't imagine like, that. It's... I will choose not to because I gain nothing from that. Savon so, is really not impressed. He's like, <laughs> I would check out. You had you um, had me at the premise, but then when you went back to the roots, I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that we were able to grow away from those roots into not that. Well, well, so that that's kind of like the mad genius of the show is that the reason why they do it in every country is because every country has their own culturally specific sense and taste of humor. But fortunately for the Canada version, it's it's close. It's close to ours. And so, like, let me tell you who actually shows up, who they enlisted for the Canada version of this show. They have they have Tom Green of. Like if you remember the Tom Green show, Freddie Got sh- Fingers. Did he do like shock value madness and stuff? Yeah, he he's like he's almost like Sasha Baron Cohen, but without the persona. <laughs> like like he's not playing Borat; he's just playing Tom Green doing this ridiculous, outlandish stuff uh, with a straight face and like committing a hundred percent. Then you got like. You got Colin Mockery, who's the dude from Whose Line Is It Anyway, that looks like he's like shorter, pasty, older white guy with kind of like a flat voice. And he's bald, right? Um, he's a, he's a little balding. Like Friday. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. And, oh, and wait, so wait. if you wait, Colin, what? If you if you've ever watched Whose Line Is It Anywhere, like you have seen this guy and, and know how funny he is. Colin Mockery. And then you got Caroline Ray, who's from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, I think she played the ant in that or something. And then you got um, Dave Foley, who's one of the originators of the 90s sketch comedy show Kids in the Hall. And then and then you got like a bunch of other young talent that um, we haven't heard of in the U.S., but they're still nonetheless very funny. Uh, and so you throw them all into the room together and, you know, you got I mean, you got Tom Green just like doing ridiculous stuff like in the first episode for no reason. Like people are just milling about talking, chatting. He just starts putting plastic poop in front of everybody, like just like placing it ever so delicately uh, at the seat that they're sitting on. Uh, and it's it's just like what is Tom Green being making? weird bewilderment the sound that i make it bewilderment confusion <laughs> Sam is just disappointment making, all of the above sex sounds in the middle. that is not are are, are you eight show. are you eight <laughs> I, hey uh i the think lady, there's a there's a wide world of sex sounds i will say there's uh well. <laughs> there's the lady from uh schitt's creek in here graham green who we talked about in echo uh who's graham green uh he was the the uncle that worked at the the, the tchotchke oh, shop yeah, yeah yeah that's right that's right he he makes a cameo in, in this paul well. paul's son hyun lee who is uh oh the he's dude in star from wars Kim's convenience yeah Kim's is convenience. in this uh andrew fung or whatever he does some ridiculous i don't stuff know andrew fung all right cool um i've never seen kim's convenience but He's the dude from Kim's Convenience. Oh, okay, okay. So it's oh, he plays the cousin. It's a good time. He plays the cousin. And so basically, like, if they smile, right? What happens is if they smile and like, there's a judge who's watching. He's and the judge is the uh, he's the guy from This Is the End, um, that movie with Seth Rogen. He's like one of the dudes in that. Anyway, so like, if he catches you, he's like watching 
he's got all these monitors. He's like Watchmen's Ozymandias, like watching all these monitors <laughs> of what's going on in the room. If he catches you like cracking a smile, he's going to give you a yellow card. And then if it happens, if it happens a second time, you get a red card and you're out. Basically. Or if you break totally and you laugh, you're out. Um, or that's also a yellow you, card. Yeah, I think that's also okay. a yellow card. So you get right? two so shots. You, so you, you got two shots. And then <clears throat> and then they're also keeping track of like who got whom, right? So like Tom Green has his kill list. Colin Mockery's <laughs> got his kill list. Okay. Uh, and that helps whittle down the field towards the end of the game. Uh, and And then you see them like, it kind of becomes a competition. They, you know, they really try to ratchet it up <laughs> and get more kills towards the end of it because they're trying to win. They're, they're, and the the prize in this specific version of LOL is a hundred thousand dollars to the charity of their choice. Charity. Um, and, and so Dave, Dave Foley makes some hilarious jokes about like, oh, his charity is the Stop the Seal, Stop the Steal campaign. <laughs> uh, so like. Don't let that guy win. Um, yeah, it's it's a great time. I think it's like four or five episodes, like 30 to 50 minutes each. It's it's good stuff for like a nice a nice like decompressing weekend. Uh, and I you know, one of the fun things that Anna and me have been doing is trying to figure out, OK, if they finally brought this show to the US, who would they put in a room together? And them go bonkers at each other and try to make each other laugh. Like that's that's an exciting. I feel like you would do some of the late night hosts. I think I think you got to do Fallon in there just because he's so famous for not being able to hold together. Yeah, I feel like you need Steve Carell. If you could get Steve Carell in there, yeah. If you get Steve Carell and Will Ferrell together, that would be incredible. I'm also thinking you want to throw in like Kevin Hart. Yes, as as just like this wild, like wild energy. Um, I, there are a lot of Kate, like Kate McKinnon will also be great. Cat mm. um, Williams. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Cat Williams I, yeah, give me the give me the I think I just need the American version of this. Although the Canadian version sounds good, too. I don't I feel like Eddie Murphy wouldn't be good on it anymore, but I don't know, maybe. I think I actually think he'd be great. You like, so? If you saw him in that, he did. He hosted Saturday Night Live like in the last, I want to say three to four years. That episode <clears throat> is just wall to wall hilarious because he just reprises all his old characters. Uh, that yeah, if you if you could get him in that room, like I think the prize would have to be like a hundred million dollars <laughs> for Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he'd need, he'd need a lot there. I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, it'd be good. I feel like Amazon Prime, make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should just put all the kings of comedy and Cat Williams in in one episode and see what happens. That would be fireworks. Yeah, you're just describing <laughs> the, you're just describing the movie life, basically. <laughs> all right, friends. Uh, I think that's gonna wrap us up. Don't forget, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is coming in the next episode, or maybe the one after that. Uh, I believe it comes out February 22nd. I think is what I wrote down. So if you're if you're trying to stay with us try to give you that preview ahead of time. We're trying to be more professional, more planned um, so that you can, you can, you know, make some plans so that you don't have to put our, put our show off. Oh, I lied. It's coming out February 2nd. So that'll be out by the time this episode comes hey, out. Let's be clear. Wes, you didn't lie. You were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> confidently though. I was confidently wrong. 
true to form. Yeah. I was just branding. Everybody do your homework. It's just branding. All right, friends. Have a good one. Hit us up on Instagram. We're trying to do more on the gram. So interact with us. Answer the questions. Let us know your thoughts, yeah. your feelings. And remember, listeners, most of y'all also aren't liars. You're just wrong. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up at confidently underscore pod. Friends, we're out of here. Talk to you later. Bye.